When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Tommy, um, in this podcast, we're going to answer the age-old question, what's better off-road, a car or a truck? And how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to talk about our latest off-road adventure. Yeah, we actually uh, are lucky enough to have uh, three of the most off-road ready trucks and three of the most off-road ready vehicles, well, cars, SUVs, uh, and we uh, decided to put them to the test. And what did we do? We took them off-road, and we should preface this by saying truck versus body-on-frame SUV that happens to be off-road worthy is not as catchy as truck versus car, so that's why we're referring to them as cars, but you kind of get the idea. Yeah, we didn't like take the Raptor and put it up against a Renegade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been interesting, but no, we, we chose three proper SUVs that are ready to tackle the trail. Yeah, and we, uh, you know, got the whole team together. Uh, it was logistically, you know, very difficult. Drove them all the way to Moab, Utah, and had them take on some of the most iconic trails in America and came up with a winner. Uh, and that first video in that series is being published this weekend over at TFL Off-Road, but we're going to give away the plot. We're going to tell you what happened in this podcast. We're going to tell you how we broke up uh, and how we scored the trucks, uh, and we're just going to delve deep into some of the best and most off-road ready vehicles right after the open. Congratulations, you have now tuned into TFL Talk, where we discuss everything automotive, whether it's cars or trucks. This is the one place where you can be sure to get independent and honest reviews. Let's get back to the show right now. All right, Tommy, uh, let's, start with, um, let's start with how we decided to do this and what are the contestants. Well, on the SUV side of it, we had the Toyota 4Runner, the new Land Rover Defender, and the Toyota FJ Cruiser. Yeah, so luckily we uh, had those in our fleet, uh, and we thought, well, we've got three cars, so let's match them up with three trucks. What are the three trucks? The three trucks were the uh, 2020 F-150 Raptor, the 2021, right, Ram 1500 TRX, and the 2020 Jeep Gladiator Rubicon. Yeah, and so before we ever hit the road, we of course had to kind of do some numbers and figure out, at least on paper, which of these vehicles should be the best. Now, obviously there are a number of ways we could go. You know, we could take them off-road and we can see which one performs the best. But, you know, more importantly than that, in order to make it a valid test, we had to decide on criteria uh, that you would use to judge you know, a vehicle that you were buying. So it's not just as simple as, hey, let's take them up and over an obstacle and see which one rolls over and which one doesn't, right? It, it's much more complicated and uh, I think scientific than that. So let's talk about what we first did on paper. And there was a clear winner among all these vehicles and a surprising one at that. So uh, let's kind of talk about the criteria. First, uh, we decided that fuel economy is important. 
Yeah, because um, when you're going off-road, and specifically the, the new trend of going off-road for long distances, like overlanding, you want a vehicle that's not going to suck its tank dry immediately. So fuel economy was something we, we took into consideration, even though it's kind of funny to think about when deciding the best off-roader. I think it is always a valid concern. Yeah, and the way that we decided to do it was to assign, well, we had six vehicles, so we assigned six points. So the vehicle with the best EPA fuel economy got six points and the next one got five and the worst one got one point, right? So that's how you assign the points. It's relatively straightforward. Uh, I think it's no surprise that the TRX did not do well. <laughs> In the fuel economy, no, not at all. Uh, but surprisingly, uh, the uh, Defender did really well. Uh, we have, it's a 400 horsepower uh, V6 hybrid uh, and uh, it gets actually pretty good fuel economy. It's amazing that it was the highest of the group, even better than the FJ Cruiser, which was pretty small. So on paper and fuel economy, the Defender one. So let's keep going and talk about what we else we judged on paper. Uh, so the next one that's I think very important, especially if you're overlanding, is payload. Something that a lot of people overlook, but yeah. it, it's basically a measure of how much the, the vehicle can carry, how many accessories you can put on it, how many people you can hold, how much stuff you can put in the back. So uh, yeah, payload is huge. And uh, let's see which one won that one. I, well, think I know which one won that one. Is also the Land Rover, right? Exactly, yeah. Because uh, unbelievably, the Land Rover has something like 1,800 pounds of payload, whereas both the Raptor, which you would think has a lot of payload, and the TRX have barely, well, the Raptor, I think, has barely 1,000 pounds of payload. For a pickup truck, that's pretty bad. Uh, and Payload has to do with not just, you know, the size of the engine, but it has to do with the shocks and the springs and the suspension, right? And, and the problem with both the Raptor and the TRX, which has more, by the way, is the fact that uh, they squat a lot because they've got this very soft off-roady suspension, so they're not great at putting a lot of stuff into them. Uh, and payload also affects towing. Yes, towing capacity was on there as well because once again with the trend of overlanding there's a lot of people that want to tow little campers and little off-road rigs behind them. Uh, so we included that and I think the Land Rover was the best tower as well. Yeah, well again, you know, it's crazy because you would think that a full-size pickup truck would be a much better towing rig but uh, because uh, tongue weight it has to do with payload, uh, both the TRX and the, um, uh, and the Raptor are limited to some extent. The TRX tows 8,000. No, I'm sorry, the Raptor tows 8,000 pounds and the TRX tows 100 pounds better, which is 8,100, but the Defender actually tows more than that. And then, of course, the FJ uh, and uh, uh, the lifted 4Runner, uh, you know, don't tow that much. So the 4Runner we had was actually a little bit modified by our friends over at ToyTech. So um, ideally, we would have had a stock one, but it actually kind of worked out because uh, its direct rival, the Gladiator, was also a little bit modified. So it was a, it was a fun comparison. But yeah, that foreigner was not going to tow much. And then, of course, we had o ORI and value. Those are the two other categories. Yeah, so ORI uh, is the TFL off-road index. And, uh, uh, you know, let me just go back to something you said. So we, we did have a modified truck and we did have a modified car, the foreigner. And we thought that was fair, right? Because we wanted to not just compare two modified vehicles in this off-road test because a lot of people do that, right? They lift them. But we also wanted to have one of each a truck and a car. So that actually worked out really well too. So ORI is a scale that we have when we assign points to things like approach angle, departure angle, uh, locking differentials, ground clearance. ground clearance. And it's uh, always out of 100. So we have a 100 point scale. It's the same every time. And then we just look at the vehicle's features and its capabilities. And we, uh, we rank them from 0 to 100 based on all those criteria you just mentioned. And then uh, we, of course, plugged them into our little table here. And what scored the highest on the ORI? 
Uh, do you have that number? Yeah, it was the uh, Gladiator, the Jeep. Yep, the Jeep had the highest ORI score. Okay. Um, Keep in mind, it's lifted with uh, 35s. Yeah, but even stock, I think yeah. it was one of the highest because it's got three lockers from the factory. I mean, the Jeep is is a little bit modified. It's got just like a little lift and slightly bigger tires, and that that's going to be the main thing that'll affect its off-road capability. But pretty much every Gladiator you're going to see is going to be spec'd out similarly. And so it also has, you know, front, rear, and center locker. And I think it's the only one of the group that had a disconnectable sway bar. Yep, mm -hmm. that's exactly right. So that was that was by far the best at the ORI. And then the Defender scored really well too, not because of um, you know its lockers, it only has a center, but because the approach departure and breakover angles are so incredible that that just really boosted it up on the uh, scoring tables. Yeah, and you should explain that. Why are they so incredible? Um, because the wheels are way at the corners. No, because it has air suspension. Well, it can lift itself up, which increases the approach departure and breakover angle. But if I put air suspension on a train, it's going to have pretty bad right, but that's approach why, I mean, departure and breakover If it was standard, the departure and approach wouldn't be that good. But when you actually lift it, it does really well. Plus, actually, it has already great built-in departure and uh, approach angles just from the you know from its design. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, the coolest rig that we had, I, th uh, I thought, was the Forerunner, uh, and that was done by our friends at Toy Tech. So that had a pretty significant modification to it. That was like a seventy thousand dollar rig i believe yeah i mean it still had um its original or maybe more maybe a hundred thousand it still had no 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 they, they, they said it came in at about 70 yeah. when it was all said and done it was supercharged it had a, a lift on it different control arms it had uh, bigger wheels and tires i think it was more dude because no it was 70 i remember because because so they supercharged it which is expensive andre said it was the same price as the gladiator okay and the gladiator comes in at about 70 when it's all said and done it also had uh, really high tech aftermarket parts so we can't ignore that like the bumper uh, rear mm -hmm. bumper itself was almost four thousand dollars because it was all aluminum right yep. these, these were not the typical like welded steel parts these were high-end aluminum parts which is what you want because you want that uh, rigidity and you want the strength of the aftermarket bumper but you don't want the 200 pounds of steel so if you go aluminum you get both except it gets very expensive so aluminum front bumper aluminum rear bumper winch supercharger king suspension mm -hmm. yeah it was really high-end yeah high-end stuff it was you know top shelf stuff all along not super high off the ground that was only running 33 so it was still one of the uh, more more tame tire setups in the group which was interesting, but yeah, it was it was really well done up by uh, by the guys over at Toy Tech. So, and then perhaps the most important criteria on paper, of course, is value, or in other words, how much you pay for it. Right, and for that, our FJ Cruiser won because yeah. it was a thirty-three thousand dollar vehicle. It's seven years old now, um, and it's got fifty thousand miles. And then the worst on the value spectrum was a TRX because even if you account for all the options in the F4 Runner and the Gladiator, the TRX still was the most expensive. So, Tommy, so on paper the um, Defender one, but I can hear the people out there in the audience <laughs> screaming, what about reliability? Yes, so we didn't include that as a uh, just the numbers um, in, in that category because it's really hard to know for sure the long-term reliability of a vehicle uh, because we haven't owned the vehicles the same amount of time and the one we've owned the longest has only been like a year, year and a half well, of I think, the group. I, I think they're screaming about not the other vehicles. I think they're specifically screaming about the, <laughs> the defender. defender. You should kind of go into what, you know, this is our third Defender. Yeah, I mean, we have had a, uh, a problem with the first one, which re which was resulted in the engine being replaced. The second one, we didn't know because the dealership cut through the wiring harness. Yeah. Um, and the third one has been good. Yeah, this is, third one has been fine. Uh, yeah. And that's why we bought it, because, hey, we want to keep it for a year. We want to put miles on it. We want to take it off-road. We want to find out exactly, you know, if... Uh, you do end up buying one and or two or three, <laughs> how reliable they end up being. So this is a test of 
off-road worthiness. It is not a test of longevity, dependability. Uh, it is a test of how good a vehicle is off-road from the factory. So please uh, save your comments. We're aware of what the story is behind the Defender uh, and enjoy you know, the test that we're doing and not the test that we're not. But luckily we got to throw away all the numbers because you don't drive vehicles on paper, you drive them on the dirt. Yep, so uh, we gathered together our entire team, basically six vehicles, six drivers, uh, and took it over to Moab, uh, lined them up on fins and things, uh, and then the next part we decided to do was how do we compare them? Initially we thought, why don't we compare like car to truck and just, you know, like compare the lifted truck to the, the lifted Forerunner to the lifted Gladiator, compare the Defender to the TRX, compare the uh, Forerunner, uh, not the Forerunner, the, the FJ to the Raptor, and then we thought, you know what, let's do it a smarter way. Let's compare all the trucks and pick a winner, and let's compare all the um, cars or SUVs and pick a winner, and then pick you know a champion from the champions. That's what we did, and that's what we did. So let's talk about that. So what do we do first? Do we take the trucks out first or the SUVs? It was such a crazy day. I don't even. Oh, come on, we took the cars out first. We did. Yeah. Okay, so we we, we I guess we <laughs> took out the. It was a lot of work. Uh, it was yes. It was a really busy day. So I guess we took out the SUVs first onto the trail. Exactly. And um, I was in the uh, Toyota 4Runner. Yep. And then you were in the Defender, I think. I was in the Defender. And then Andre was in the uh, FJ Cruiser. Yeah. Plus we didn't have six drivers, so <laughs> oh, <laughs> we too much. Yeah, we did, but it would have been. Yeah, we wouldn't have six people who are actually, you know, yeah, like, with the like reviewers. Yeah, with the videographers. Yeah. Unless you want videographers reviewing, which some do, but nevertheless, we decided to 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 have three versus three, uh, and uh, we hit the trail, uh, and immediately one thing became apparent. What was that? Um, that uh, you're the best driver of the group. That's not true at all. <laughs> no, that was that was the only one that had the big scrape in the uh, in the Forerunner, which we'll talk about. Um, so talk talk to you about what do you think of the Forerunner? I loved it. Okay. So I think the Forerunner is a, is a still one of the best new four x fours on the market. It's it's old. So this is the fifth generation of the Forerunner. I think it came out in 2010 or 2011. Someone will let me know in the comments below. But uh, it still is a very, very good vehicle. Even bone stock out of the box, uh, it'll go places you just wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I love the Forerunner, and I always forget how good it is until I get behind the wheel of the thing. Uh, it's one of those, like, you, you know, you, you just don't remember how competent and how it fits, like, me personally, right? So it's like an old friend, right? You, you just immediately uh, comes to hand, everything is where it's supposed to be, uh, all the stuff that, that you want uh, an off-roader to do that also can go on-road, it does, so it's body on frame, it's got you know locking rear differential, uh, it's got good visibility, uh, and it's about the right size too, you know? I mean, size, I, I, size matters. <laughs> Yeah, but in this case, the smaller is probably the better when you're out rock crawling. I think smaller is always better. Because, yeah, I mean, it's just more maneuverable. You can you can bring it more places. It's just overall a s so much easier not, thing to wear. Not cooler, but better. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about when we get to the trucks, but the big trucks were, were much much harder on the trail. Yeah, but so the Forerunner, though, is a good balance of size and space because you still have a lot of capacity behind the second row. Yeah. A lot of capacity, and it's got the 4-liter V6, which is a proven engine. This one had the supercharger. I haven't driven a supercharged one. It honestly doesn't feel that different than the NA version, at least with the kind of the customizations this one had. Uh, it, it drives a little bit like the normally aspirated ones, or the naturally aspirated ones, until you get into the really high RPMs. So above like 4,000, then that supercharger starts to sing, and you really start cooking down the road. 
but it's still hindered by the five-speed automatic, which is one of the, its downfalls. It's also really thirsty, so every four is really thirsty. Um, but some of the tech is cool, so it's got A-Track, it's got the crawl control. Do you want to explain what crawl control is? Yeah, basically it's like uh, off-road cruise control. That's right, yeah. I, I mean, that's a good way to explain it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you turn a knob, it sets a speed, either half a mile an hour or three miles an hour or five, and then you just drive, and the thing goes and it just crawls you over anything. So, so it did really well. The next one that did really well, of course, was the FJ. Now, we have an FJ. Um, they still build them around the world. They don't build them anymore in America, or they don't sell them anymore in America. Ours is a 2014 with uh, 60,000 miles. Uh, people love them. Uh, basically, it's got the same running gear as a Forerunner, except it's got a shorter wheelbase, which gives it a better breakover angle. Yeah, this is a really good ride. So I did a little bit of time behind the wheel of the FJ Cruiser. Yep. Um, Off-road, it's got a really squishy ride. And once again, nice and small, so it's easy to maneuver. It, it does have a rear locker. Ours has a rear locker. Like you mentioned, underneath, it's very similar to a 4-runner, 5-speed automatic 4-liter. And keep in mind, all these vehicles had off-road AT tires. Yeah. All terrains, yeah. So we, they we did. Were, you know, they were different tires, obviously, but we weren't judging the tires. We made sure that they all had off-road tires, so they all had, you know, give or take the same amount of grippishness. I think the FJ has Coopers on it, if I remember right. Yeah, it has Coopers, yeah. Yeah, they were great. I really yeah. liked them. Really good off-road. I was surprised. First time I've ever used Coopers, but they were, they were easy to air down and they had a lot of grip. Um, and we did air down, uh, and, and the biggest problem with the FJ is a little, it's a little bit style over substance, right? It's got this really cool design. Uh, you know, I, I still am baffled why Toyota stopped selling it. Just when the market for off-roaders became red hot, I mean like red, red, scorching hot, they decided, you know what, we're going to stop selling it. Don't understand it. Same thing with Xterra. You know, it seems like you guys made that decision not here in America where most of them are sold, but in Japan, really not, um, you know, timing-wise a great decision. but. So be it, you know, we paid 33,000 for ours, it had 60,000 miles and it was a six-year-old truck and that just shows you how much people want those vehicles. But the visibility out of it is horrendous. Yeah, very bad. Um, so when you're off-roading, rock crawling, it's horrendous. It's got these really like squinty windows. So, so both the front and the side windows are, are, are pretty narrow and they're, they're pretty low. It's hard to tell like when, when the front wheels are going to actually hit the obstacle. So if you're going over a ledge or if you're, you're, you're crawling up a hill, you really just have to kind of guess and pray and hopefully have a spotter with really long arms so you can see what they're pointing at. So that is its big downfall. Um, but apart from that, I mean, if, if, if you can deal with that, it's very good. Yeah, the other thing that, that makes it kind of fun and good off-road is it's got these clamshell doors, but everything in ours is not fancy, right? It's just very basic, big old knobs. Uh, you know, basic like rubber mats. That's uh, true, yeah, it's got rubber floors, so you can just like yeah. squirt it out, yeah, that's really know, cool. Vinyl, just regular cloth seats. Uh, and you know, in Moab, I don't know if you guys have been, but everything gets covered in this red dust. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you have a very nice vehicle, it gets really dirty inside and out. And this one, you know, feels natural to get dirty. You just don't care, right? It just, you can just go and squirt it out. It's, it's good. I don't know what that seat material is because you said vinyl cloth. I don't know, I think Which it's doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I think it's like, that's a good way of describing it. It's like a perfect in-between between like a vinyl, like a, fake rubber yeah. and a cloth. It's, it's almost like a neoprene, it's super weird. Yeah, it's, like the, it's like the Defender stuff that's also neoprene. Yeah, kind of the yeah. same thing. And it's got this little um, 
gauge pod on the dash. Yeah, the little binnacle. With a little inclinometer, so it tells you side Which we tilt. maxed out. You maxed out. Yeah, I did. We, we, uh, <laughs> we, we hit it way past like the 30 degrees on the inclines and the, and the decline. So it was really steep. Yeah, it was really steep. Uh, so, uh, but you know, it, it was the one that felt just really natural out there. And, and it's, you know, I mean, there's that saying, right? The more off-road worthy something is, is directly correlates to how much you pay for it. Uh, and even though we did pay a lot for it, compared to the other vehicles, it was a bargain. To be fair, there are a couple big drawbacks on it. Um, it doesn't carry much. <laughs> so, no, it so, doesn't tow much. No, it does not tow much. So if you're looking at, you know, crossing a long distance off-road. And yes, we know it's dependable. It's very dependable, very good, very, very solid, but not very good for families. No. Uh, you can't open the rear windows at all. I no. think they're fixed in place. Yeah. And it's not the most practical of the group. And it's thirsty. It's a very it's remarkably unfuel efficient. Remarkably yeah. thirsty car, but remarkably dependable car. And then there was the one that I was driving, which is the Defender. Uh, and like I said, on paper, that was the best. So that was, you know, we have a $70,000 Defender. Um, it's uh, very, I wouldn't say precious, but when you have a brand new car and you've got, unfortunately, the, new, the one one we spec, okay, was like the basic one, right? Everything you need, nothing you don't. Uh, because that's what we wanted. So we had the rear locker, we had the steelies, we had the cloth seats. Uh, and then by the time we got to the third one, uh, honestly, I didn't want the four cylinder anymore. And uh, Land Rover offered to uh, no additional charge, give us the six. So we took it. Uh, and uh, I'm actually very happy with the six cylinder. Uh, and I'm not saying that because we got upgraded. I'm saying that just because it's uh, kind of the sweet spot, right? I, I think the four was enough power, but having 400 horsepower, especially on the highway, is really nice. But yet it's not like crazy, like they just announced that they're doing a V8 and putting it in the 90, which is a short wheelbase one. I mean, that's, you know, that's G-Wagon kind of power, uh, which you don't need off-road. But I was really worried about it because I felt like it was going to be very precious and very delicate. Uh, and, you know, you didn't want to get it dirty. Uh, but right away, the interior is really good, right? It's, it's really functional. Yes, I agree. I mean, it, it looks nice. It's also, uh, floor mats are all rubber too, which is also cool. So super easy to wipe out. That's a good thing. Um, Our floor mats are cloth, but underneath it's all rubber. Yeah, sorry, I should uh, say the floors are made out of rubber. The actual floor itself is a rubber. And you can get rubber floor mats. We had it in the first one. This one could have cloth one. Doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we didn't have any of the um, you know really off-road you know adventure package stuff. So we don't we, on ours we don't have like the air compressor in the back, the locking rear diff. But Land Rover did invent terrain management, Tommy. They were the first, and it works really well even without the locking diff. When you put it in low range and select like rock crawl mode, the wheel speed sensors and the brakes are phenomenal. I mean, it's it's in just incredible how well it distributes torque to the wheels that have traction. You know, so typically like on a normal vehicle, if you get two opposite ends of the car off the ground, two opposite wheels, you know, in the air. What, what'll happen is you have to apply throttle, then those wheels will spin up and then the computer will think and then it'll start applying brakes gently and then you'll start lurching and then it'll finally grab down. The Defender, like the second it lifts the wheel, like bam, it locks it up just a, immediately and it sends power to the wheel with traction. Yeah, I think the best way to describe it is out of the three trucks, even the lifted 4Runner, it was by far the most like naturally athletic uh, with the most off-road ability. It no, is. I disagree with that strongly. Fine. Okay, so I, I will give it a lot of credit. Right. The approach and departure angles were so good in the off-road height. It was the only one of the vehicles that didn't scrape on anything. And look, look in the past, and I've been on a lot of Land Rover trips, like in the Velar, you know, I went Joshua Tree there, and we were in the off-road height, and what ends up happening is when you jack the vehicle up all the way, you lose all suspension travel, and it becomes like, you know, goat 
cart hard, right? It becomes, there's no suspension. And actually, uh, on the Velar trip, my back got so jacked from that that I could not walk afterwards because basically you have no give. But what Land Rover did now is they actually gave it two sets of air springs, right? So there's the air springs, the bags, and there's another set of bags on top. So you still have suspension left when you jack it up to its you know off-road height then there's also an uber off-road height which we never actually had to use it, it like a water fording it's height. still pretty firm and it's and it's off you, know, you know with my back tummy i if, if I, I would be like hey it's 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 bone breaking and jarring you should have tried that fj cruiser yeah fj cruiser was sweet so the air suspension is magic because you can really jack yourself over a lot of things. And, and I, as I was saying, it was the only one that didn't scrape its hitch on anything or its rear end. Yeah, it didn't did. scrape its front end. It didn't scrape anything underneath. So we did these obstacles that we have set up on fins and things in the past that we've named ourselves because uh, they represent different uh, ways of testing vehicles. So for instance, there's frame bender, right? Which is this ledge that you have to go over and if you don't have enough breakover, you will hit the frame on this and you'll hit it pretty hard. Right. And then there is one tree hill, which is a test of traction. You have to go up and over one tree hill without losing traction. Uh, then there is ass scratcher, which basically, um, you know, because of the, the, how steep the departure angle is, you will hit the back of the vehicle. And the Land Rover hit nothing whatsoever, struggled on none of those, just just walk through the course. It has a monster flaw. Which is? Flaw. The, the same thing that makes it so good, the air suspension, yeah. really hinders it. Because when you're looking at off-road ability, one of the most important things when you're off-road going over big obstacles, big undulations in the trail, is the ability for the vehicle to keep all four wheels on the ground. Because if you're lifting wheels off the ground, you're losing traction. If you're lifting wheels off the ground, you're potentially putting the vehicle off kilter, potentially leading to a rollover incident. Uh, you really want to maintain all wheels on the ground. And the best case of this is a solid axle. It sucks on the road, but it's like a teeter-totter. When one wheel lifts, it forces the other one down. When you get to independent suspension, you'll lose a lot of that capability. But all these cars, Trucks are independent suspension, no, right? Both Toyotas. No. The front. Yeah, but not the back. Right. The back is solid axle, but and the, the Jeep are. is front and rear solid right. axle. Right. The Jeep is the trap. But classic. hear me out. Yeah. When you jack that suspension up, there is like almost zero suspension travel, almost none. So that thing will lift up a leg every single time you put it on like a big pebble. There's no down travel. The thing's always lifting up wheels. Luckily, the terrain response can cope with it but it's very unsettling, because if you get the thing even a little bit off kilter, bam, lift up a wheel. If you put it on a rock even a little bit too high, bam, immediately lift up the wheel. So, it's really so, alarming, it's so, alarming. So I, I never felt like I was in any um, point where I, you know, that bunk clenchiness, like I was gonna roll it. Keep in mind, it is a three row, large, long vehicle, you know, relatively heavy. Uh, I felt like it was very athletic and it was the only vehicle uh, out of those three, actually out of all six, that never um, scraped or hit or had any issues with any of the obstacles. This trail was like... Uh, that was eye-opening for me. This trail was like tailor-made for it though. It could be. Because yeah, I mean, there was almost, there's very few moments of articulation on, on our, our section of I trail. Mean, look, look, we just didn't have, it's very hard for a small team to get six vehicles out there. Ideally, you'd like to do both, like, like desert running, which is what the trucks are designed for, and rock crawling. This uh, test was basically you know, uh, driving it to Moab, so that's an on-road test, and then rock crawling or doing you know, typical kind of Moab rock crawly stuff. So yeah, it, was, it, was, it did play to the, to, the, to the defender's strengths, but on paper, it was good, and in the real world, it won that. It, out of those three cars, we decided it was the best. It was, it was very impressive, I will yeah. give it that. And I will say as well, 
If you don't jack it all the way up, if you leave it in the normal height, the suspension does a much better job of being compliant and, and adapting to the terrain versus kind of fighting with the terrain. Uh, but then you lose that amazing ground clearance and that amazing approach and departure. So it's always a compromise with air suspension. It's not just the, the Defender, it's also um, pretty much every air suspension on the market. It's, it's a Volkswagen, uh, it, uh, Volkswagen Group's air suspension, it's Mercedes, it's just, it's just how it goes. So after our first set of tests, we had a clear winner, which was the Defender, and now it was time to get lunch. No, it was time to go back on the trail again. We did get lunch. Yeah, we went to Milt's, that, mm -hmm. was, that was fun. Uh, and it was time to get back on the trail and this time take the trucks. Uh, so let's talk about the trucks. So we have, of course, the two most off-road worthy trucks out there, the Raptor and the TRX, with the TRX having you know way too much horsepower for this test. So the horsepower didn't even come yep. into play. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, there is a difference between the two. Uh, the biggest difference to me is that the TRX is all-wheel drive. You can't put it in two-wheel drive, whereas the Raptor has a traditional two-high, four-high, four-low. The TRX is only four-high and four-low. No, it's not. It's not? It isn't. It doesn't have two-high. No, it's it's got three modes. So the, the Raptor has four. Four, yeah. The Raptor has two-high, four-high, four-low. And four auto. And four auto. Yeah. <laughs> so in four auto, I think how it works is it's rear wheel drive until it senses slip, and then it goes into four wheel drive. Right. The TRX has, has three four, modes. Four auto. It has four auto, which is driving around right. every day. Four high if you want to lock the front and the rear uh, drive shafts together. Right. And four low, which is what we used out on the trail. Yep. Um, but there's no two high, so you can't do mad, mad donuts in the T-Rex. But the biggest difference is it's always all wheel drive. And the other big difference between the two is that the Raptor has a Torsen, 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 I think it's Torsen, yep. limited slip front differential. Whereas, a, whereas a, the uh, TRX is, it's not open, but it's using basically. Yeah, it uses wheel speed sensors. Wheel speed sensor to break the wheel that's spinning. Yeah. Um, and but, the Raptor's better in that regard. Yeah, it is better. Yeah, and they both have a lot of ground clearance. The um, Raptor and the TRX both have a electronically selectable rear differential lock, yep. which is good. And they're all, and they're actually all three trucks were rolling on 35s because the Gladiator had upgraded. Yep, they were all on 35 inch dull tires. Different different tires though, so yeah. the uh, Raptor uses a KO2, the Gladiator uses a KM3. KO2 is an all-terrain, KM3 yep. is a mud terrain, and then the TRX is this new tire. Yeah. I think it's a Goodyear, I want to say. Can you see it? It's sitting out there. <laughs> oh, it is right there. E yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's a good year. I'm pretty <laughs> I mean, sure. Anyway, uh, you know, the, the one, of course, that was much more suited to this course was the uh, Gladiator, just because, uh, you know, it had front, rear, center locker, plus disconnectable sway bar. Well, it doesn't really have a center locker. It has two high, four right, high, four right, low. Right, and right when but you it locks put the it, center when you put it in four low. Yeah, when you put it in four low, it quote unquote. So, so I was in the TRX, you were in. The Gladiator. And, t and Andre was in the Raptor. Yes, uh-huh. And once again, the Raptor, um, you know, is outgunned by the TRX to the tune of 252 more horsepower. And none of that mattered, though. Yeah, it's got a V8 <laughs> versus a twin-turbo V6, supercharged V8, of course. None of that mattered because we were in four low, so it didn't really come into play. Uh, and let's face it, the, 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 the Raptor and the... Uh, TRX did remarkably well for basically being desert runner pre-runners, right? Meant to go quickly across the Baja Peninsula, uh -huh. uh, but they struggled. They're just huge, massive trucks. And uh, unfortunately, this is what I thought would happen, and it did happen. On Ass Scratcher, uh, we uh, pancaked or at least scratched up significantly the tailpipes because for some unbeknownst reason, both tailpipes stick out the back and now are the lowest thing. So when you hit on the departure angle, you're basically putting all the weight of the vehicle on the exhaust pipes. Yes. So they look cool, but they're not great. It's not a great design. No, I mean, it's not. You'd want to tuck them out of the way, you know, 
You could route them underneath the truck. You could even route them out the side behind the uh, wheel. Yeah, like the old Raptor. The first one had you know the dual pipes coming out behind the rear wheel, which would which would mean that the tow hitch was the lowest thing. But no, nope, it's the exhaust pipes. Yeah, and the interesting thing was the Raptor kind of squished them. They yeah. kind of went from circles to ovals. Yeah. But the T-Rex hit so hard that it 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 squished the bottom of it, and then it forced the pipe up into the bumper. Which which was hot. The the pipe was hot, which then started to melt the bumper. Yeah, and then the the the, the pipe also has a nice dent in it on the top of it too from making contact with the bumper. And so does the plastic bumper from the heat of the pipe. Like, like you said, if we had more time, if we had more resources for this trip, it would, because we put a lot into it, but it would have been fun to take them out and do some high speed stuff. That's really where they would have shown so much more. Uh, but a lot of people don't have access to that. Like here in Colorado, there's not really such a thing as desert running. There's yeah, a little bit of it, but not really. And let's talk about the other things. Uh, I have to say there is one vehicle that's worse looking out than the FJ and that is the TRX. Uh, it's got this massive hood. Uh, and basically, you, you don't know what's in front of you. And because, you know, we bought the one with uh, the, the kind of the, the entry package, we didn't get the front-facing camera. Uh, the Raptor was completely kitted out. So they both cost 77000 whereas the Raptor had, you know, all the bells and whistles and the TRX didn't. But you cannot see what's in front of the TRX. Uh, and it's a little terrifying. When you're going, like, straight up, I mean, like, at a 30-degree angle, all you see is blue sky. You have no idea what's in front of you. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it, it is a problem. Uh, they're just too wide. I mean, like in something like the FJ Cruiser or the Gladiator, if you're looking at a, a challenging obstacle, you, you have multiple lines, right? You can take the right line, you can take the left line, maybe you could straddle them. If you're, if you're in a Raptor or a TRX, you basically have one line, you have the up, right? You, you gotta go whatever is in front of you because it's just so wide, it's hard to navigate around an obstacle. You're basically going through everything, which makes it more stressful. Yeah, and on like frame bender, of course, you know, there's just, that's a very steep uh, descent that with a pretty significant ledge. You know, on video, it doesn't look as, it's funny because I was watching a video you just did and you're like, that looks really easy. But then when you're there, you're like, holy cow, I can't even walk down this thing without falling. Right. It's yeah, so that's steep. true. Uh, but the trucks are heavy too. Very heavy, yeah. They're just cumbersome. Uh, they're very good. So if you lock up the rear end, I mean, they are very good, especially when you air them down. They also have a huge amount of ground clearance, which is, is a great thing. Uh, I think. The Raptor has sidesteps, right? Yeah, it comes from the factory sidesteps. The TRX, you got to order them. Yes, and sidesteps are great because they offer protection. Well, they're, great, they're great if you're short and getting in and out of it. Yeah, but if you hit them on a rock, they will protect the truck once. Yes. And then they'll be so bent out of shape that <laughs> you got to get new ones. Yeah. It's not like a rock rail. Whereas the um, TRX, ours doesn't have any actually equipped. Um, but I think you can get a Mopar style one. I remember this. So they do one for the side of the T-Rex. Yeah. Do you remember how yeah. much weight it holds? It takes like half of the truck's weight. It's not rated to take the whole thing like a yeah, real you know, rock it's not rail. Into a rock, yeah. Yeah. But but you know for being uh, desert racing, okay. All right, that's that's the other thing. All right, let, we need to talk about this, Tommy. So uh, of course, if you guys watch some of the YouTube channels, you'll know that we. And I'm very proud of this. So I'll repeat it again. We were the first to get our TRX. I flew to Detroit, picked it up, and then there was another person who got it pretty quickly, uh, and that person was, of course, Street Speed. And the first thing he did was, besides the video, was jump it, and then he set it on fire. And I used to say, Tommy, when we started this, I could get views to a video if I like, you know, set things on fire and drove them off a cliff, and that's kind of what uh, Street Speed did with his. But there's a fundamental problem with these trucks, and that is even though uh, they say they're desert runners, right, or in other words, you know, like, like trophy trucks, they're not. They, they, they fly like lawn darts. The problem with the, both the Raptor and the TRX is that they have all this heavy metal in the nose, 
uh, and unless you do kind of the right kind of a jump, uh, they fly like lawn darts. They're not designed to be jumping trucks. If you look at a trophy truck, which I've actually been lucky enough to be in, it's a very small truck. It's smaller than you think, and the engine is behind you, right? Center of gravity is behind the driver, so it's very well balanced. So when it's in the air, it doesn't fly like a lawn dart. It actually tends to actually fly well. Uh, and so I think there's a misconception out there that somehow some people think that the TRX and the Raptor are like these desert running trophy trucks that you know have huge amounts of suspension travel. And while they do have big suspension, right, three inch Fox shocks, uh, like like you know a, a real trophy truck will have something like 17 to 24 inches of suspension travel. That that is like eight times as much as a Raptor. So. I, <sighs> They are I mean, like this much. I, yeah, like, they yeah. are very for a stock. Yeah, they, yeah for a, compared to a stock truck, they're really good. But right. compared to a trophy truck, it's like a whole different world. Well, I mean, it is incredible what they can do on rutted out, you know, washboard, really nasty dirt roads. Right. I mean, you can really haul on them. But for example, so at the launch of the T-Rex, they actually gave us the opportunity to jump them. Yep. Um, but you'd be surprised on how small of a jump it takes to max out the full-on travel. So uh, they had, uh, it was it was around a trophy truck, basically race course, short course. Right. Um, and, and you'd hit a jump, and they're like, hit it at 35 miles an hour, and you'd hit it, and it might get like, I don't know, 18 inches of air. Right. Uh, but then if you hit it at 45, it would get like 24 inches of air, and then it would make a really bad, like, bong, right, as it slammed down on the bump stops. Right. It's just... The factory trucks are built to jump. You know, they will take a lot of I mean, abuse on dirt roads. I mean, they will jump, not, not even the Baja runners, like the, the short course trucks. Yeah. They won't jump 18 inches, they'll jump 18 feet well, in sure. the air, not straight, I mean, in the air. Yeah, I mean, these trucks are jumping like 10, 15 feet straight. Um, they're but, just, but, but they're only like maybe a foot or two off the air. I mean, but, but a true race truck doesn't have to have airbags and Apple right. CarPlay and heated seats and heated cup holders and right. yeah, satellite yeah. navigation. I mean, you know what I mean. It doesn't have to drive you to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah all it does has to do is, is go really fast in a, in a little course. All right, and so let's talk about the other truck that we had, the Gladiator, which was very comfortable. I mean, the Gladiator's issue is uh, that it's very long. It is very long, yeah. But if you lift it and put on the big tires, it's vastly improved yep, it's over, its, over its stock. Even with just a little bit of lift like this and even a slightly bigger tire, it's like night and day difference. But if, you, if you're thinking it's a Wrangler with a bed... Uh, You'd be right. It, well, you're right, but, <laughs> but off-road, a Wrangler will be better just because this thing is long. Yeah, we couldn't get a Wrangler for this test, or a G-Wagon. We really yeah. wanted to do it. Yeah, we couldn't. Those. We tried, but we couldn't, uh, so we had you know, we had what we had. And the Land Cruiser actually just left the fleet, but that's that's unfortunately dying anyways here in the States. And, you know, I'm looking at this as the first time we're doing this, so next year we'll try to get we'll, we'll try six to do better. different vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. It was still fun, though. Yeah. Um, the Gladiator was the, the, the arguably the worst going to the trail because it is a little bit underpowered. The steering is vague. It's steering is vague, and it is pretty loud, and the seats are like church pews. The seats are, uh, that's the biggest problem with the Gladiator, is uh, the, for some reason Jeep has designed these seats with no uh, back support whatsoever. I have a bad back. I cannot actually, you know, cross country that thing. It's 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 so bad, right? Or it's, or butt support, or thigh support, or, yeah, or yeah, shoulder support. I don't know support, what, what they did. Or the, head support. What the, what the Jeep designers did with the seats, but they need to redesign them quickly. But once you when you get the thing on a trail, let's just there's nothing better. Yeah. There's just it's light lightweight relative to the other trucks. Uh, low range is super low. You disconnect the sway bar, and I mean, it, it's just like you whoa. don't get that weird head bob where you're going back and no, forth. No, I mean the the front end just becomes like jello. And you've got the you know you've got the solid axles, so you can really twist those axles so that all four wheels stay in contact with the the, oh. the, the, the you know the slick rock. Plus, it was the only one of our stock group that are. They, 
I shouldn't say this. Out of the factory, let me let me clarify. The Rubicon has rock rails from the factory, yep. which are side protection for the lower sills, basically. Even in the bed, right? It's got these little mini ones. Yeah. So you can just jam the thing into rocks constantly. It'll just take it. I mean, it's got front skid plate. It's got underbody skid plate. The the rock rails. It's got just so much protection underneath. It's the the least stressful off road. The best visibility off road, I would think. Yeah, that straight up windshield is great. Yeah, I mean the same things that kind of make it relatively rough on road compared to its competition, like the axles and the vertical windshield, make it amazing off-road. Incredible. Yeah, and you don't need, you know, you said it was a little underpowered, it doesn't matter. We've got, the, you know, we've got the Pentastar. Keep in mind now, there are what now, I think three or four engine options maybe, and that's, include, that's you know, keeps expanding. So you've got the Pentastar, which is a classic V6, right? No, not in the Gladiator. You only have two in the Gladiator. Yeah, and you get the diesel. Yeah, so in the Wrangler you have the four-cylinders right. and the, the hybrids. But and then the 4 you coming. Yeah, in the, in the Gladiator you only have the V6 gas or the V6 diesel. Yeah, so anyway, um, you know, it does have more engine choices than the Raptor or the TRX. Yeah, for unless sure. You, unless you compare it to a regular Ford F-150, then you got more engine choices. Anyway, we were going down a rabbit hole. You guys know that. Uh, so by far, the, the Jeep was the best. Yeah, I think so. The trucks by far. Mm -hmm. So so now we had a winner in the cars and a winner in the trucks. So uh, then we decided to pick a winner overall. Uh, and drumroll, tell me, what was that? I don't remember. <laughs> you do remember. <laughs> what was it? It was a Defender. Oh, yes. I remember I was grumpy about it. Yeah. Um, the, the Defender won. It did the best on our trail. Because and it was a tough trail. I, I have to give it a lot of credit. It, it was it, impressive. It, it did the best on paper. It did the best on-road. And it did the best off-road. So, you know, if you take that as a whole, right, it was the least um, compromised out of all of them. And the most athletic on all three of those on all three of those criteria. But if you had to drive one down the Rubicon Trail, the Gladiator or the Defender? Oh, Gladiator. So then, what? That, that begs the question: Is the Defender actually the best? Because it's very impressive, but it does feel a little bit fragile. I think compared to something like the Gladiator or even like the FJ Cruiser, it just doesn't have the same level of protection underneath. Right, but but it's just, this is everything. You know, it's not just it's not right. A, I it, mean, it, it, I mean, when if, you if factor were, in towing and if I were to drive, you know, down Baja, I'd probably take you know one of the right. two trucks. Yeah, but, I know. But that's it, a good point. Yeah. But anyway, um, and then uh, you know we're really giving away the, the, the storyline here. But you can watch the first of those videos, the the, the cars going off road uh, at TFL off road. Uh, on Saturday, which is if you're listening to this on Friday, tomorrow if you're listening to it on Saturday, head on over to TFL Off-Road. If you're listening to it later, it's over there. Um, uh, we picked the ones that we each would want. Uh, and guess which one I picked? The Defender. No. What did you pick? I picked the T. You don't remember that? This? this was like a week ago, Dad. I have the, the, I the memory the of a goldfish. I, I, I picked the TRX. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, just thought, I just think it has the most character. It's by far the most, uh, you know, the most badass vehicle out there. Yeah, it's by far the most. I'm not the saying, gas station. I'm not saying it's the best off-road. I'm just saying that's the one, you know, because they're all about 70k. If you're going to spend 70k, that's the one that I would. I the, would buy. the TRX is an impressive truck, Dad, but it does use a remarkable amount. And of And what fuel. did you pick? Um, I, th I don't remember. You picked the Forerunner. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you don't remember what you picked. <laughs> Um, no, I do remember. Yeah, uh, I will say the T-Rex is, let me, let's finish with the T-Rex here. It's very good. Yeah. It's a very good truck. But it is hard to live with on a daily basis. I don't think so. You, you have a hard time parking and I have no issues parking it. Well, I, I, yeah, I have, I have apparently no very bad it. spatial awareness. Yeah. We live in a moderately sized town, yeah. right? Like there's a hundred thousand people that live in our city. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have it in Chicago. Yeah, but even in or, our city. Or go, LA, you'd have, you'd have issues with Go into our, our King Super, which is like a Kroger, Kroger grocery store. New York is store. right out. But Phoenix, Hang on. Houston, 
Hold Dallas. on. Now you're just saying city names. Going even to our local grocery store, yeah. getting that thing to squeeze through some of those little spots between the hippies and Subarus, right. it's a pain in the ass. It just doesn't fit. You can't take... I, see, I, just, I look at them as vehicles I need to run over to get to where I'm going. You, yes, that, that's, that's, oh, I can run over the car. Yeah, that's how you end up in court. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, with points on your license. No, you, you, have to, you have to consider that you're going to take this thing out to dinner, <laughs> and you're going to take it to the Walmart, and in some cases, it just doesn't. Does it fit? You know, it's always funny. Like, I'll be driving down the road, and look, we live in Colorado. And if you're in, if you come to Colorado, I was actually at the ski area at Keystone. I was watching all the vehicles come in to go park, right? And there was not one sedan among them. I, I sat there for like five minutes. It was SUV, SUV, truck, 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 SUV, SUV, crossover, crossover, right? Not one sedan. There was also not a single. Exxon Valdez tanker among them, and that's because you can't fit them in between the spots, so, so, and it would cost four hundred dollars so, so, so to drive every three days. Here is here is the burden of, of actually having a TRX at my disposal. You know, I hate when I'm driving down the road and somebody in a lifted pickup truck, and I, let's say I'm in our long-term, uh, I don't pick the smallest car we had, maybe like the little uh, smart car. Right, and I'm driving down 65 down the highway, and some guy in a lifted pickup truck decides that he's going to uh, show me who's boss and just sticks his nose right in the back of my uh, vehicle, right? And they do that. People do that. Let's face it. People here in Colorado do that. That's when I moan the fact that I'm not in the TRX, because in the TRX, you're the guy or gal out there with the biggest, baddest uh, bat. That is a fantastic argument. My counter argument is you won't even pull that thing into our studio. You make Zach do it because you hate squeezing it through the garage door. It's that pain. That it's that big. Yes, and that's you know that's that's the privilege of, <laughs> of having Zach. So if you have an employee named Zach who is exceptionally good at managing big ass strings well, through little ass it's, holes, it's big. So what? It's big. Yeah, but we live in Colorado. We're not in New York. It's, no, it's but in Colorado, big. I can't drive it down my favorite trails because it doesn't fit. It wouldn't fit yeah, down. Like we can't take it to like Cliffhanger 1.0 because it, it it's will. It's way too wide. Yeah, we wouldn't really want to do like the full Ironclads trail because it would be too narrow at the top. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the test we did was open, right? I mean, we did fins and things. It was all open. This is how you drive a T-Rex on the trail in Colorado, right? It's two two percent of the time looking out the window. 95% of the time looking at the mirrors, and the rest of the time, the last 3% is just staring at the fuel gauge. That is, that is look, the life of off-roading a TRX in Colorado. Look, if I took my ego out of it, the vehicle that I would buy for an everyday driver would be the Defender, just because it, it has that bandwidth, so you can take it off-road, and I'll be very happy to have it as my daily driver. It also has you know, the rear seat, so if you have more than five people, you can throw people in the back. It's got a lot of room. Uh, once again, reliability is not in this equation, uh, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm old enough now and uh, lucky enough to actually be able to, to you know, have multiple vehicles. And yes, the Defender is a bit of a toy, right? So it's, it's great. You know, if, if you want to go downtown Denver and maybe go, uh, you know, go to a, a Rockies game, it's going to be an issue parking it. Yes, I give that to you, and you will have to stop and fill it up often. But as just a pure, uh, fun, you know, uh, vehicle that, that that you lust after, that is by far the most lustworthy. Uh, and because of that, it is the one that I would buy. All right. So here are my reasonings for a long, in-depth off-road trip. Here's what I would take. Right. Wouldn't take the Gladiator because it's like sitting on a park bench. Yep. Wouldn't take the TRX because you would get stuck at the Conoco all the time. Yes. Wouldn't take the Raptor because it sounds like a hair dryer. Yes. Wouldn't take the FJ Cruiser because it's like driving a mailbox looking through a slit. Yes. Wouldn't take the Defender because it's a Defender. Okay. All <laughs> right. What does that What does that mean? You know very well what that means. All right. Then. Wouldn't take. And then I would take the 
the the Forerunner. It's the best all round. It carries a lot. It's unfuel efficient, but not horrible. It's good on the road. It's excellent off road, and it will last through eternity. So would you take the lifted one that you were driving or just like a TRD Pro or an off-road? No, I would take a bone stock TRD off-road. The lifted one's amazing, but it's just so overkill. Right. Like you don't need that supercharger. Okay. You just don't buy the TRD Pro because that's kind of a waste of money. And it has, does have, it doesn't have that silly Tacoma 3.5 liter, which you know, never, can figure out what gear it wants to be in. For some reason, the four liter sounds better than the three. The four liter the is Raptor. better. I agree. It's better. I don't know what they did, but yeah, the but four, it, four liter is a wonderful power plant. It even sounds better than the Raptor, which is funny. In it my does opinion. sound better than the Raptor. Yep. So it sounds better than the Raptor. Does easier. it perform better? No, it doesn't perform better. Sounds better. It's easier to see out of than the FJ Cruiser. Huh? It's going to be a heck of a lot more reliable. And you'll see yourself coming and going every five feet. That's fine. There's a reason people buy so many of them. Yeah. More reliable than the Defender. More comfortable than the um, Gladiator. Doesn't use much gas as a TRX, still holds a lot, tow's pretty good, that's the one I'd have. And it's affordable. Yeah, compared to the group, yeah, it's pretty affordable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it's got um, parts that are available everywhere. I might even take it over the new Wrangler. I think in uh, the current, new Wrangler, the current Wrangler. Really? I think in a lot of ways, that's yeah, it's better. Because I love the Wrangler and it's fun taking the roof off, but yeah. I don't do it that often. And it's just so much better in the city and on the highway in the Wrangler. Well, there you guys have it. Uh, we gave away the uh, plot of the video that's over at TFL Off-Road, at least the first part. We broke that, of course, into two parts, the trucks and the cars. Head on over if you want to see all this testing and see actually what we did, uh, so we're not just listening to it. Uh, as always, Tommy, really want to thank you guys for watching, and uh, yeah, um, we'll do it again next year. That was a heavy lift. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for uh, staying tuned, because this was a fun one to make. Yep, see you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.